Join the hunt with your favorite characters from the TV series Supernatural with the Supernatural Save Your Souls card game. Each round, you'll team up with an iconic hunter, angel, or the king of hell himself. But beware, if you don't choose wisely, you may lose your soul. Available exclusively at Hot Topic. For more details, go to USAopoly.com. That's USAopoly.com. Mm. O. M. Me. I came in like a wrecking ball. Hello, my children. McLeod. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to Supernatural the Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is only Michael Flores, because Ryan is tired. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Ryan's Guys, tired. He's right. Yeah, uh, for some reason, his... Nah, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm going to wait. <laughs> too early? It's way too early. All right, guys. Today we're talking about season 13, episode 4, The Big Empty, which has got a shit ton of content from a lore standpoint too from much. a fan you know the feels standpoint from where the season could be going standpoint from foreshadowing not just for season 13 but potentially the end of the show as a whole yeah standpoint there is so much shit going on in this episode written by meredith glenn and directed by john badham so we're gonna Bat-em. be Batham. Batham. yeah it's Make, gonna be take two syllables turn into one turn Bat-em. into one Batham. Right. Batham. What sounds cooler though, Batam or bad, bad ham? ham? Bad ham. Bad ham. No, that sounds like you had some bad ham last night. You threw up a bit. Right. It sounds sickly. Yeah, you know. it sounds like you're going to end up emptying out your bowels. Yeah, and then right. you'll have the big empty. So right. I mean, oh, so it's all full circle, right? Okay. Okay. So maybe we should go with bad ham. <laughs> when we get him on the show, we'll ask him: Is it bad ham? Does your last name sound cool or make someone septic? <laughs> and we'll go from there. That'll be our first question. That's a warm up question, right? Uh, uh, we are also talking about we're going to be doing something a little bit differently today, which will be a prelude to the single guy Ryan versus Blue Fire Thomas game showdown. Oh yes, involving supernatural themed trivial pursuit yeah brought to you by usaopoly and their supernatural themed line of games yeah which i'm looking forward to immensely i've never played trivial pursuit in my life yeah but i'm assuming wait, wait hold on. wait a second You've, i'm dead serious you have got to put the video games down for once <laughs> with, with being 12 years old 
Huh. And go out and experience life. True of your pursuit. Go out and experience yes. life and find yeah. some people you, to come home again yeah. and play Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, you know how some people say, you know, break up with your girlfriend, go experience some different vagina out there, maybe some different penis, much maybe like, a little Chuck, bit of both, right? like Chuck did. Right. But no, I'm like, hey, go out there and get older by playing Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> maybe some backgammon while I'm at it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes. I, but I'm, I assume it's going to be something I'm good at because my entire life is pretty much trivial pursuits yeah. and random facts that nobody else but me cares about. <laughs> but, I mean, good news is that we do have a sponsored game. That's yes, why do. we put it off. Because originally, during the summertime, we were going to do this yes. Blue Fire Thomas versus Single Guy Ryan. But then suddenly... A wild sponsor appeared. Yeah. So I said, well, let's let's hold up. Because we'll get them involved and have them sponsor the event. I mean, it was just kind of like the combination, all the ingredients. It was the perfect storm. Everything worked together to create this event that we're going to be doing. I want to say this is our biggest sponsor we've ever had. Easily. Yeah. I think so. So congrats. It's because of your awesome voice, Thomas. It is. It is because of my awesome voice and nothing else. They're like, hey, (laughs) you're not the main host, right, Mike? I'm like, no. Like, okay, so who's the main host? Thomas. Okay, we like his voice. We like that guy. Yeah, that guy's pretty cool. We're also fans of dick jokes. That's why we're on this show with Ryan. Yeah, but that nasally guy, that's not you. I'm like, nope, I'm not in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Never met me. You just edit out any version they see. Yeah. I'll send them a special edition. (laughs) The Michael's Cut. The Michael's cut. Get it? Yeah. All right. Anyway, this episode, guys, we have so much to talk about. Castiel is back. Dean kind of gives Jack a chance for once. We get some serious look at Jack's internal issues, where he's at mentally, what's going on with him, and possibly some foreshadowing as far as his mother's concerned. Right. We see Sam letting letting go a little bit of his own reserve. We always talk about how reserved Dean is and how he doesn't let his emotions out unless it's anger. Sam really is the one who puts up a face for a lot of different reasons, which finally kind of comes down in this episode, which I was happy to see. It's painful, yeah, but I liked seeing it. It made him feel far more real. And honestly, it answered a question I didn't even realize I had. And what was that, Thomas? As to, we've talked a little bit about Sam and his mom in season 12 mm-hmm. in our retrospectives of that yeah but it was always centraled around dean and his mom yeah and we didn't even realize we were doing the same thing that sam had an issue with his mom that it was always talking to dean it was always their relationship in some ways we as the audience were just as guilty right and i liked that it made me think from about it from a different angle well because we're the way they've set things up is sam is very different than he was in years past, he's right. very stable. He has a pretty, he has his head on pretty solid. Despite the upbringing. Right. And we've never, you're right. You're exactly right, Thomas. We have not stopped to take a second and say, you know what? We How's Sam doing? Right. It's been more of a focus on Dean. And I think rightly so. But now, much like Sam was talking to Dean, in a lot of ways, it was the writers reminding us through Sam saying, hey, wait a second. I'm the one who has the issues here as well. This isn't just Dean's. I've never moment. had a mother. How right. about how about that? I don't want to just give up on her. So it, it it made so much sense on so many levels. And Meredith Glenn just did a fantastic job connecting those emotions with between the audience and the characters. And this is something that we're gonna definitely get into later during the show. But there was something 
left to be wanting. Is that the right terminology from Meredith Glenn last year? Like there was potential left wanting, left yeah. wanting. And Meredith Glenn had some potential, but I feel like she did her homework over the summer and she fully understands the characterizations of Sam and Dean. And it shines in this episode. It, Absolutely. She shows that she understands the emotions, yes. the raw emotions behind the show and what makes us tune in week after week for the past going on 13 years. And that was the thing is that she had three episodes last year and one of which we liked Dean uh, uh, regarding Dean, myself, yeah. Ryan and you and a lot of the fandom did. Right. One of the main elements of that episode was drawing from real life issues and and giving it giving these stories an emotional touch from something that you could relate to directly. If you had Alzheimer's in your life or with a loved one, you could relate to that regarding Dean episode all the more. In this episode, she she taps into that to great effect, not just with Sam and Dean, but even with Jack. Yeah. In a way that we haven't seen yet for this new character that we've all become enamored with very early on. So I think you're right. She did her homework and kind of understands a little bit more just to sound kind of condescending, but to gets the characters. It wasn't just writing for a show anymore. This this episode felt like she understood. Yeah. She she was a fan or at least cared about where they're coming from at this point in their lives. Yeah. And not only that, something that she manages to do is she she obviously wants to write meaningful episodes. Things that right. are more realistic than the average supernatural episode that kind of delves into the fictitious aspects of right. mythology and lore, she likes to focus and emphasize on the realistic emotions that keeps Supernatural together, the story tight, the Winchester storyline. And I like that. I'm okay with that. She takes those realistic moments that happen in everybody's lives, and then she crafts the Winchester story around it. Yeah, which is the way you're supposed to do it. Yep. She's, she's pretty damn good at what she's doing. Not I like gonna it. lie. I like it a lot more than I, I have recently. Simmer, uh, down, simmer down there. I'm just saying, just being honest, I think that's fair enough to say that she's done an, ama an amazing job with this episode. I mean, Castiel's reveal being in the empty, the fact that that was the empty, which I, I think it was kind of, we were putting all the money on that one. Yeah. Because what else could that have been? Yep. But that was a huge once again, another door in the realm of Supernatural's lore and the, the fabric of the universe knocked down. And we see through the other side that affects the canon in a great way, but also brings up a fair amount of questions and concerns even. I mean, I, I know I've yeah. said it on Twitter, I was wondering what happens to demons and angels that are killed? Where do they go? I've had that question since Angel showed up, you know? What is there after heaven if an angel can die? We get answers to that. Yeah. And it affects the canon in ways that we may not have anticipated originally, in ways that even makes God and Amara look less important than they are. Yeah. And as lore nerds, and I know many of us Supernatural fans are, that's one of the first questions I had because, yes, The Empty is awesome. And it was cool how yeah. they, I like that they kept it ambiguous and I, it needed to be. They, yes. they didn't. There's need no to, way to explain yeah, that. You don't need to explain eternity. We get it. And if you do anything else outside of that, it becomes too contrived. So keep it where it's at for now. It works. However, it does bring up a lot of red flags when it comes to canon because there are now a multitude of questions that comes 
with the fact that the empty is the final resting place for demons and angels. And that's something we're going to get into a lot this week as well, is what it means for supernatural canon moving forward. And is it okay for them to do this thing? Like, meaning, will it ruin what we know? Or are they going to do one of those subtle, soft retcons that sometimes work like the shapeshifters and the alphas? Or will it be something different that may not feel cohesive with everything that we know about Supernatural? See, and we'll get into that because I honestly, and I want to hear your points on this. From where I stand right now, I don't feel like it ruins any of the canon. I think it works just fine as it is. No, I I agree. I think it works, but there are a few red flags there that need to be explained. Addressed. And we'll yeah. get into that yeah. as we get into the episode breakdown. But I mean, we're four episodes in, and dude, it's still all gas, no breaks, and I'm I'm loving it. How I don't have we had anything like this in recent years where we're four episodes in and we have not taken an actual break from the emotional arc. From the from I, the emotional arc, no, I don't think so. Because not it's, since season four or five, because they may not be tackling since the second episode. They may not be they may not be tackling the core of the myth arc. And they don't need to because they're still wrestling with the interworkings of the emotions behind this season and what's going to ultimately drive the season forward. And I don't think we've seen something like that in a very, very long time where they're telling the story predominantly three, th- predominantly three emotions. Yeah. And that's something that even Supernatural itself has kind of grown in this instance because their dad dies in the beginning of season two and that doesn't that doesn't impact them week after week right the first month right and i and yeah and i I don't want to people to twist my words and and think that i don't think supernatural has been emotional in the past obviously no it obviously it goes without saying i'm talking about from the beginning of a season moving into the fifth episode now have we held on to the emotions this tight before in the past i don't think so and honestly, I don't know many shows outside of perhaps something like Breaking Bad that have yeah. stuck to emotional issues resonate throughout the episodes for these characters and affect their not only their mood, but their decision making process. Yeah. In a serial show, that is very rare. Usually the characters are fine and everything goes back to the status quo by two or three episodes or even the very next episode. Yeah. So this that's big for Supernatural. I think it's just big for TV shows as a whole. But, I mean, so far, I'm liking it. I'm liking what they're doing with it. And we've only been four episodes in. That's it. So, that's all good news. But we're going to get into news first. One of which that I did not expect and am very excited for. Mild spoiler. So, heads up for those of you who don't like to see trailers for the upcoming episode. simmer down. I'm just saying. Lisa Berry is going to return to Supernatural as Billy the Reaper in the very next episode. Yeah. Now, that raises a whole other fucking host of questions, especially given what we know about the empty at this point. Yep. And the nature of Reapers and cosmic consequences as a whole has to come back into play in this very next episode. She just got killed last season. She cannot be happy and she cannot be thinking that the debt is settled with the Winchesters. If anything, this has to strengthen her resolve to get them off the board. Because they cause so many fucking problems. But there's a few articles out there circulating with different information. Allegedly, she's also something very different than we and something that we haven't quite seen before. So is she 
Billy the Reaper from the other reality, from the other universe? Is she a Reaper from that plane of existence? Perhaps. Is she somehow reborn by the cosmic entity? Yeah. Is it? Is she a new manifestation of death itself? Is she Castiel's training wheels while he has been temporarily given a reprieve? Is Iggy? I'm just saying. I'm just (laughs) saying. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I mean, we don't really know. We've never been in this position before. Like, we're dealing with scenarios and situations that we've only dreamed of four or five years ago. I could swear I could have sworn we talked about this type of thing before happening. Yeah. Where do angels go? Where do demons go? What happens? I know when I've they asked die? that question for a long ass time. Yeah. So this is all new territory. Very exciting. Which again, holy shit, 13 seasons in and we still have new territory. Oh, there's always as long Dude. as you can always pull from uh mythology, you can always you can take this show for 30 years. As long as people care about the characters, there's so much mythology out there and I you can honestly, draw upon. I honestly don't know many shows that have that much at at their Beck and call to talk about to delve into to create entire new storylines out of it, it's a testament to the show so i'm looking forward to seeing billy the reaper's return because i know that's something we talked about her getting killed off felt very abrupt last season so i'm i'm really interested because it is something very different as well despite her returning uh but the big news guys for us usa Opoly has joined forces with rain man digital and the crossroads oh. as a whole in an effort to connect our listeners with the very best products on the market, we are happy to announce that USA Opoly has joined forces with Rainman Digital. All this month, USA Opoly and Rainman Digital will be working together to connect listeners to with top quality board games. Beginning today, November 6th, listen to Supernatural the Crossroads and the Rainman show every week and you can find out how you can win free board games and purchase their latest releases. USA Opoly is the company behind your favorite top-quality custom board games made with the brands you know and love. They're your source for authentic and hot pop culture board games and puzzles. They also create award-winning tabletop experiences that will keep your game nights fully entertained with laughter and shareable memories. Brands include Game of Thrones, Rick and Morty, Star Trek, The Walking Dead, and hundreds more. Literally. Like everything. If you've ever seen a branded board game... These guys are the ones who did it. Yeah, chances are. Absolutely. So we are going to be working with them. We're very grateful to be working with them. It looks like a lot of fun. We've gotten some cool stuff to play with, which directly leads us into the Sam and Dean bitch jerk game. Yeah. That we talked about. As we said, over the summer, we plan to do Team Blue Fire Thomas versus Team Single Guy Ryan where listeners would get to pick the teams. A couple listeners would, I'm not sure how we determine that, whether they would call in or they were pulled by a drawing. They would get to be on our side and it would work kind of like who wants to be a millionaire, where we would get lifelines during the, ter- the the competition using the supernatural themed trivial pursuit game for the actual trivia itself. Yeah. Where we get the questions from and listeners decide whose team they're on. And then Ryan and I have to face off. And then we get to use the listeners that are on our team as a lifeline. Yeah, and and this is set in stone now, meaning I can't change the dates. I, I, yeah, so I have some been, people have to show up. I have been, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have been given games to give away. So the more people we get involved, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put the rules out by Wednesday, and you're gonna choose your teams: Team Blue Fire Thomas Hell or yeah. Single Guy Ryan. We're gonna use the Trivial Pursuit game as our platform. 
and use that our knowledge base. Uh, Yes, that's going to be our knowledge base. And then we're going to allow people to call in up to three people. So we can only take a total of six, six people. And each participant of the winning team will receive a game of their choice, whether it be the Trivial Pursuit, the new Supernatural Save Your Souls game, or the Star Wars Monopoly game. Star Wars Monopoly? Uh, sorry. Yeah, Star Wars. Why not? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it. No, the, the uh, Supernatural Monopoly game. I'm doing too many shows. Thomas. I know, dude. Your world blurs together. I, I, I do the same thing during Star Wars. I'll start talking about <laughs> Star Trek and people are like, what? This guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> Not even the right show. Yeah. So we got games to give out. I'm and, looking forward to it. And all you have to do is uh, post when I say on Facebook, I'm going to post. Which team do you want? You're going to post Blue Fire Thomas or Single Guy Ryan. We all know. And then we're going to draw those names. So if we have 20 names, I'm going to take them all up, write them up, I should say, on a piece of paper, put it into a box, shake it up, and pull out six. Three for three Thomas, three. three for Ryan. Yep. And if Ryan has zero, then I'm going to have to choose some <laughs> of you to join Ryan's team. However, we did get a lot of tweets during the summer saying they're on single guy Ryan's team. So. We, we got a fair amount for both teams. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that's the douche squad. Right. Yeah. Ryan's the douche squad, which is fine. Right. Yeah. And of course, I'm excluding myself because I don't want to show my, my intellectual you're prowess not the, you're too not the much. You're not the douche squad and the intellectual no. prowess group. <laughs> you're, you're the you mix. Know what? I am a good combo of both. You are. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm going to be running the game. There's just no way right. I can do both. There's too much shit going on. Yeah. But guys, that is going to be November 20th is when that is happening. 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 5 p.m. Pacific, Pacific and 8 o'clock Eastern. It'll be one hour before our regular show because then we're going to start our regular broadcast as well. Right. So we will give you guys details as to when you can post if you want to enter into the contest to be on one of the teams. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and get into our discussion about season 13, episode four. But before we do that, Thomas, let people get ready. Make sure their ears are ready and prepared because we're going to go through a couple questions before we get into the episode this week. We're going to go right. through the trivial we're do a trial run, trial run to, see, to see if you, not me, you know some of those answers there and we're going to give people kind of an idea of what these questions look like so they can start studying doing their homework and getting prepared for the tournament. i haven't looked at the answers but i've looked through some of the questions and i will say there are some things that i'm like oh crap really no okay well you better like really specific shit like what's the name of the diner that they read the chuck shirley books uh david can you go over there and get the trivial pursuit Here. no no not with the just take those get, yeah take the game away from thomas because i don't want him cheating i'm not cheating and i want to shuffle yet. those <laughs> he's gonna be writing the answer on his arm what is this grade school are, are these so it's 600 questions Dude, right it's a fuckload of questions i'm not certain how many exactly again i've never played the game All right. but there is a stack of cards each card has like seven questions on it six or seven so it's a lot okay all right, so we're going to go to break, right? Yeah, and we're going to get back to Trivial Pursuit in just a minute. All right.
Supernatural fans can test their knowledge of the TV series with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. This quick play Trivial Pursuit game can be played on the go with its portable wedge holders. The 600 questions range in difficulty level, so even the super fans will be challenged. Six trivia categories include the Winchester Brothers, Angels and Demons, Locations, Spells, Objects, and Rituals. Join the hunt with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. Call your neighborhood toy and game store for availability. Also available at Hot Topic. Head over to usopoly.com for more details. That's usaopoly.com. Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! Variations in Trek. Uh, appetites have changed drastically, David. What worked on TV then will not work now, despite what people think they want. So the writers of Discovery are left juggling. How do we make this series be something similar, but also fit the times that we are in? How do we pair this trek, David? How do we pair this trek with the palette of modern audiences? And I give you this week's episode. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Can I get a round of applause? <laughs> Come on, David. Applause. 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 Pass the Romulan ale <laughs> and the hot Vulcan women. Pen far for everybody. <laughs> Or Ponfar. Ponfar for everyone. Ponfar for everybody. Bring out L- Lorsa and Bator. They were hot. <laughs> those, are the, those are the Klingon women as well. We're bringing all of them. We don't care. And Tilly, too, please. Bring her Tilly. out. Yes. I need to catch my breath. I was too excited. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek from the Holodeck. The Discovery Edition. Breaking down, analyzing, and discussing every episode of the new hit Trek series. Search for it on iTunes and Stitcher. Simply search from the holodeck. You can also find it on the Rain Man Digital app. Just search Rain Man Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man. Have you ever bleached your a-hole? Porn star. Like he's like, wow, you shave your legs one time, my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What? I'm talking about normal manscaping, and he brings butt it down well, to like. Do you have do you or do you not have butt hair? Are you looking Everybody to, are you has a little bit of hair. Mic? Right, and you said you just you said <laughs> What? You just said that you buzzed your butt. I don't think he said that. No, he did. Yeah, how how, to reach areas how my, does he have my legs and my butt? Andrew has a way to make everything sound homoerotic. I know. Did right? you? Did you? Or did you not, Michael? Buzz your butt. You're like this is a, a really good friend that I that a I really know. good friend. A really, really good friend. Um, we were we got done working out and like I had a couple drinks afterwards. Ass, right? and said, "Hey, what are you doing later?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, would it be weird if I had you wax my butt?" <laughs> <laughs> So, pro tip, pro tip, don't ever wax your butt. Chafing is like a big, huge thing. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I have no words. I haven't spoken for 20 seconds. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. The Crossroads Videocast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. 
Head over to patreon.com slash rainmandigital to play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. If we don't know, we don't know for sure what it is. If this is the empty, I could imagine that being it, this just formless void, or is he somewhere else entirely? It could due be a to Jack's well, I mean, We don't know. I yeah. mean, it could be inside Dean. We don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure the internet has already written that. Uh, let me write hey, that. Why woke in a dark man, tavern? No. Dean's like, why does my God, my butt hurts? Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Ever since uh, that day, oh man, this is a great fan fiction moment. So, anyways, Castillo, when <laughs> angels die, they actually go inside a human butthole. <laughs> and of course, because of Castiel, he goes into Dean's, so he can be in inside him like we all want him to be for real and only jack can summon him with, his, his, with his sweet whispers oh. <laughs> like a dancing cobra castiel <laughs> he must connect his yellow eye with the brown eye Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural, the crossroads. Now we're going to do a little bit of the USAopoly Trivial Pursuit Supernatural Edition. A little trial run as we get ready for the game in, what, two weeks? The throwdown between myself and Ryan. So we've gotten Mike some super spectacles, apparently, so that he can actually read some of the cards. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving him shit right now. Simmer down, dude. <laughs> Ryan's not here, okay? Somebody has to give you shit. I have difficulty saying things. <laughs> I have difficulty I'm, I'm, ver- I'm, ve- I'm, I'm very old, okay? Do you drive? Uh, pretty soon they're going to take away my license. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, can you get it? Give me a light. Someone give me a light. <laughs> You're oh. next to a lamp for fuck's sake. Oh, here we go. Wow. I'm, I'm blind. You didn't see the lamp? All right. Here we go. I got a question. All right. For you, Thomas. Let me turn okay. the shit music down. All right. And the question the, is... And the question is... Oh. Uh, this is... There's different categories, and I'm going to read from the Winchester category. Okay. Very personal question. In what year was Dean Winchester born? Oh, fuck. You, uh, you don't even know that one? Why are you on... Look at... Why am I on this show? Here, look at look at, <laughs> look at this. David, show people what you're doing to me right now. This is where the camera's at. It's like two feet it's, away it's, from your. The camera's two inches away from your nose. Okay, that's how he shoots. He's yeah. shooting on my earlobe. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. I was. <laughs> All right. Uh. 1979, Thomas. Was it 79? Yep. Really. Uh, what is the real name of the yellow-eyed demon? Azazel. Well, and now you, we can say which one. And you would be correct. Is it Dagon? So Ramael. stupid. That's true. This That's is, true. That is, look at you splitting Damn. hairs. Damn. All right. Uh, Sam and Dean face the woman in white in what small California town? These are, oh, these are, these questions fuck. are legit. What's because the city from the very first episode? Shit. Th- these are questions that. See, you, I told you there's some that I don't, I, I'm not going to know. Right I wonder now. if there's people that are in the, ch- is there, do we have anybody in the chat room tonight? Cause usually Tom, uh, Ryan runs the chat room. He usually does. We have a uh, handful of people. Yes. 
Uh, and they all 1978-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1979-1
I can see that. I wonder if there will be a legit because when you're thinking of primordial, older than time itself, the empty, really, the nether realm, <laughs> the the void, the abyss. Yeah. These are things I think of, not the empty. Yeah, that, I'm sure it'll be there'll be another name eventually for the empty. Is the slang term? It's the Probably. it's the street it's term. The street edition. Yeah, street vernacular. Jesus. Yeah. Now we did get to see that, but we also had a traditional monster of the week episode. In this, and that, that's the thing I liked about this one right off the bat was that it had massive lore elements, personal grief for the Winchester brothers, and a traditional monster of the week with some old school practical effects. Yeah. Which also, in a way, mildly retconned an issue that even came up just last year. And what was that? Because I saw a few other posts like that on Twitter and I didn't follow in it. In season what? 12, when Mary and uh, Catch, Mr. Yeah. Catch, were fighting. They were interrogating a skin shifter, mm-hmm. a skinwalker, and that changed just in front of them. No, they've done that. There's two different. We, we I, already Alpha know that. was able to do that. No, pure bloods. Was pure, it pure bloods? It's pure bloods, yeah. It's pure bloods as well. Same okay. thing with werewolves. I believe they, they, they retconned, and I'm sure Maddie is in the I chat know room typing away. Werewolves. Yeah, let's check. Um, but I'm pretty sure they did that for all pure bloods as well. You had the shapeshifters that sh- that shift instantly. Then you had the ones that you have to pull your skin apart, which is grotesque. Which and is awesome. all the way back from season one. Which yeah, that's how I've always yeah. known them. That's how I like my skinwalkers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a pure blood thing. I could uh, be wrong. Maddie says pure bloods could shift. Yeah, yeah, she's right. Yeah. So they had a pure blood and then just See, we were just idiots. If that was a question on Trivial Pursuit, <laughs> I'd have lost. One you right would have there. lost, and I, I want Maddie gotten. on my team. Can it be Maddie versus Ryan? Yeah. Maddie <laughs> doesn't have time for our shenanigans. Oh, I know. I just <laughs> I just want her on my team. <laughs> but no, I do absolutely love that they went old school with it, and I have. I'm a CGI guy. I love CGI. I've, you know. Yeah. Worked with CGI myself in the past, so I'm a fan of it. However, I'm also a fan of the old school, old school practical effects. And when you set the tone, and this is something Thomas we talk about all the time in our Patreon shows and our retrospective reviews or discussions. When you set the tone with one look, there is a drastic change when you move from practical to CGI. Yeah. And yes, the advent technology will dictate that you have to move from practical to higher technology just because yeah. that's the way the industry the industry is moving but why not mesh the two together to create a cohesive look that can right respect the old and the new and this week when we saw that shifter shift that was them going back to the old dark gritty days i mean the guy's face was being ripped in yeah. half how yeah. amazing was that the, I, the I i think creepier- i might have clapped because i was yeah. like finally we did it. We brought it back. The creepier part for me was the scalp. Just in the bathtub? And you see the brain, like, in skull the pattern. No, no, no. When he takes his own oh, scalp oh, off, oh, yeah. there's hair, and you see, like, the brain skull pattern on the base of it. Ugh. Dude. And you're right. It is it, The best effects are when it's a mix of practical with CGI making it all the better. I think a lot of recent movies have kind of figured out that's what you should be doing. Stuff like uh, Mad Max Fury Road is a good example of that. Yeah. And Supernatural takes from cinema. We know that all the way back in season one. They have a lot of inspirations from that. But yeah, seeing the of all the monsters to go with a practical effect, I think this the shifter does the best job visually. It's disturbing. It's unique. 
and it just creeps you right the hell out automatically. So seeing that go back to a more of a practical look, I thought was a great step in the right direction to give it more of that horror vibe that Dab himself said last year, they kind of wanted to go back a little bit more to that. And we know a lot of that was him going back to season one and earlier stuff for patching loose ends and filling in holes like the alpha vamp and what happened to the cult and things like that. But it's nice to see him go back to something where it has the practical effects, the horror elements that the early seasons thrived on coming back to the foreground. So I loved that creepy as hell, but the big crux of this episode was, I think the main talking point for us to nerd out on really is Meredith Glenn's writing abilities. With season 12, she was a little, she had a couple episodes that we were not fans of, and that's, but she had regarding Dean, which was a huge success, not just amongst ourselves, but amongst the fandom itself. And people who knew about or had someone in their life who suffered from Alzheimer's. And one of her great strengths was her ability to craft a story by mixing fictional elements and real world issues and focusing on that emotional storytelling aspect. That's what she was the best at. That was her strength. And as you said earlier, Mike, she clearly wants to tell stories that matter beyond just where are we moving this, the you know main plot this week, but how do we hit those emotional highs? How do we hit those emotional notes for this episode? I right. mean, I still remember Dean staring in the mirror. That's a phenomenal scene. Yeah. And I think everybody understood that episode as well. And I think the same thing can be said about this episode. It's just the, her ability to, you know, craft the story around fictional elements by using very real emotions and issues. I mean, that if she keeps doing this, this is going to be her claim to fame. Absolutely. And it's about the spine of the story as well. And that's what she's doing so well. She's managing to keep things to feel like supernatural, but also craft those elements that are realistic to kind of bring about something that has been missing from supernatural for a while. And that's the, the stakes, the emotional stakes. Yes. We had Mary come back last year and that meant a lot, right? but it's been a long time since we have risen those emotional stakes. And that's something that they have been building towards since the very first episode of this year, I would even say the the last quarter of last season. And it's just been, we still haven't reached the point where we have yeah. not hit the climatic event yet yeah, at all with these emotions. So the fact that she's working her way up even that much more in this episode, it just says a lot about what their goals are this year and yes. Meredith Glenn's ability as a writer. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we didn't give her a, I definitely want to say we gave her a fair shake last year, but we definitely were not the biggest fans of her last year. But this episode where she hadn't, she didn't have any co-writer writer. Barron's wasn't with her. She was all by herself. Right. She absolutely shined. I think that we gave her a fair shot with what we had at the time with season 12. I think regarding Dean wasn't a great example of what she had the potential to do. But I think one of the things that we complained about or, or, felt was missing was and not just with her but some of the other writers we i know we talked about it was that it didn't feel like they had complete grasp as to what made supernatural special to the fan base which was a lot of those character moments those building emotional moments yeah and that that even includes veterans like eugenie ross lemming and brad buckner right 
that was one of our major complaints. So to see what they can do with it now and what Meredith Glenn can do with it, kind of having a reach, a shift in focus to keep her signature emotional style close to heart while making it still incredibly relevant to the events going on with the characters is, is a great example of what she's capable of. And I think she could, based on this episode, she could be the one where you have those emotional punch you in the gut moments with your season finales or your yeah. mid season finales, things like that. Yeah. Because so much of those moments come from the personal side of things. Yeah. And this is definitely to put into perspective is this is a Meredith that truly understands the emotional necessities and use it yes. and uses it to translate those emotions into an actual story. Yeah. This is the Meredith that I want every single, every single fucking time. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that I think one of the big elements that was missing from the Hitler episode was that it, it came across as a goofy comedy that just didn't land for any of us. Where we at this point, because we've been along this ride for so long, want those emotional moments. Those are the ones that hit us right in the feels. And when we feel like we can relate to and connect to the characters in a way that helps move the plot along as well. That's what sets the difference apart between a Monster of the Week or your standard kind of episode and something that will be remembered. Well, just taking a look, for example, at Exhibit A, Thomas, mm -hmm. look at the clever stage she set up within, within her narrative this week. The counselor setup. Yep. It expertly gives our characters a reason to interact that, that doesn't just feel like empty exposition or going through the motions. It doesn't feel forced. Right. So that the audience can understand the emotional state of our characters. So many times in television, in order to make sure the audience understands what you're trying to say, they have them just, they're talking heads. Yeah. They're talking out their emotions and Something that we already know that's very much a, a part of Dean is he's not that type of person that likes to talk out his emotions. So it doesn't even, even if the writers wanted to, it would be out of character for Dean just to sit down and have a heart to heart with Sam. Yes, it's happened in the past, but for the most part, he's pretty, he whole, he's pretty reserved when it comes to exposing how he feels to Sam right. and to others. So setting up the scenario at a counselor's office where they are going through the motions because they're supposed to be pretending. And then yeah. before you know it, the pretend ends up being very real. And it's just a very clever way to get our characters talking, to get them on the same wavelength emotionally. So each of them understands where they're at, thereby allowing the audience to understand what each of these characters are at. It's actually really fucking smart what she did. Yeah, because it doesn't, like you said, usually it just ends up being a talking headpiece. And the problem oh, with that. I hate that shit. The problem with that is it, it's, it's, it feels lazy in some ways, unless you have it very well crafted, which usually comes down to the characters are trapped in a scenario in which all they have is the time to talk to each other. And that can usually work. But sometimes the less experienced writers just have them say how they feel. And that doesn't always, no, rarely does that happen. Yeah. And Dean is a primary example of that, where he only lets loose his actual feelings when you get to your mid-season finales and your finales. You know, talking to Mary in the second-to-last episode of season 12, the Sam and Dean, how bad Sam felt about his actions in season 8 with the trials. 
you know, those are the times when we get that usually. So for her to be able to craft a situation in which our characters say how they're feeling and get through this stuff that doesn't feel like contrived exposition. Exactly. Yep. Is, is a testament to her abilities. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's great. It's not distracting and it feels like our characters are arriving organically. Yes. And that's the most the important choices part. they make. A great example in this. Sam lashes out at Dean because of the feelings he's going through. So we don't feel like Sam's just telling us something. It feels like it makes sense because of what Dean has said to him, what they've gone through for these four episodes at this time. So he would lash out because it makes sense. And yeah. we get an insight to where he's really at. Jack deciding to ask Mia for help in getting some closure with his mom is another great example of that because it allows us to see what the characters really want without forcing their hand. They yeah. make decisions in a, like you said, a setting that's organic. And I think Jack's little bit with Mia was a very, very telling bit in this episode that was kind of, that could potentially be lost with all the other things such as the empty and Cass's return and Sam and Dean's emotional outbursts. But Jack had some very telling moments in this episode. The fact that, I mean, we, we know he has the mother issues himself and he, Mia uses her abilities to help him through that. But that gave us that fly on the wall perspective. It wasn't Jack telling Sam what he wanted to hear or trying to make Dean like him. It wasn't being told from a perspective where he might want to hide what he really feels. Right. This allowed us to be that person in the counselor's room just listening. And the fact that we find out that he doesn't know how to feel and claims that he feels nothing most of the time has dramatic ramifications for this show and for the characters. Yeah. Not just Jack, but Sam and Dean. Because what does that even mean? Like, if he doesn't have feelings or he doesn't necessarily know how he's supposed to feel, I mean, that's... That's dangerous when you have well, because, an entity when you have an entity like him walking around and he doesn't know how he's supposed to feel about a certain thing. I mean, again, he's very young and he hasn't had a chance to grow and mature. That could be a part of it. Hopefully, I was say, could it be that he's knows knowledge? He, he has like the ability to speak English, but he doesn't know. I mean, the guy's what, two weeks old? Yeah. Maybe. And they've pretty much made that clear that he's he's essentially an infant. I mean. That scene where he walks into the murder scene. Yeah, and, I found this. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny that he says, I found this, and it's obvious. But also, holy shit, I felt really bad for him when Dean just mocked him. Right. And Jack was smart enough to know that he was just mocked by Dean, and you could tell it hurt him. So whether or not he's feeling emotions, I would have to say he is feeling emotions. I Otherwise, he, knows. he doesn't understand what he's supposed to feel. Because yeah. a man who doesn't have emotions and doesn't feel doesn't ask those type of questions. And doesn't care what Dean thinks. Exactly. And that's and again, that's a testament to how great Alexander Calvert is as an actor. I mean, I could feel his hurt when Dean looked at him and essentially shrugged him off and mocked him that he yeah. found a blood stain. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he wants to talk to his mom makes me feel like he has to have some feelings. But I think we're... I think you're right. It's more that he doesn't understand 
what feelings are what. Exactly. He doesn't understand right from wrong yeah. just yet. He knows that, you know, murder is wrong but and lying is wrong, as he says in this episode. But he doesn't understand guilt or remorse or happiness necessarily. Because how do you really explain any of those things to somebody? I mean, no. look how long it took for them to try to explain some of that to Cass. And he still doesn't get all of it. Yeah. So for Jack, who basically, like you said, is an infant... I think we've seen too much of him at this point to say that he has no emotions or that he feels nothing. I think it's he doesn't know what's right and what's wrong, which honestly could be worse because if he has no emotions, it kind of takes away from the character. It makes him this robotic, you know, nature versus nurture. Well, then it's his nature and he has no emotions. So no, he needs nothing be... you can do about it. Yeah. But if he doesn't understand or if he finds he gets some enjoyment out of something terrible or evil much like lucifer would yeah that makes it all the worse because then what's to stop him nothing can stop him and if he right. liked doing it or if he was angry enough to do something because he doesn't understand like a child who, th who throws a temper tantrum that could have dramatic consequences for everyone involved yeah honestly i feel like they're trying to drive home the point that he's naive and I think that's he's naive and he's immature and all of these elements and the fact that he doesn't know his place in the world and that he shouldn't exist. He's almost like an abomination. People right. hate him. People are telling him what he, how he should act and what he shouldn't do and what he should should do and shouldn't do. And all of this presents a question that's going to happen really soon. And yes, they've already posed these questions through actual dialogue between Sam and Dean, but I think they're posing the non-verbal question now, and they're setting those the groundwork to lead to the question or to ask the question, the big question. to pose the question, what will Jack do? And honestly, the more we go through these episodes, and I know we're only four episodes in, I think we all know it's not going to end with rainbows and... Sunshine. Yeah, I believe, without a doubt, especially with a little bit of uh, foreshadowing through what he was watching at the beginning of the episode, I feel like we're witnessing the origin story of a villain. And it's not going to be someone that we want to be bad. It's not going to be the obvious things that turn him bad. If the writers are smart, and so far it looks like that's what they're doing, they're going to make us love this person. They're going to make him be a character that Sam and Dean care for care for, and that the audience cares for. And then by the end of the season, we're going to have that take a knife and stab you in the heart thing where it's like, yep. wow, and it's going to matter. And that's something that Supernatural has never quite done before where you actually care about the villain. We like the villains because they're always cool. Yeah. Crowley, we started liking him after he was no longer the antagonist. Right. Lucifer was cool. Yellow Eyes For was cool. For different reasons. Though. Lilith was cool. All these villains were cool. Dick Roman was cool. We all have our likes for the villains because they're cool, right? They're, it's Darth Vader syndrome. It's like, oh, he's the badass. He, has, he yeah. waves his lightsaber around. He's wearing all black. He's cool. He kills people. He chokes people. Yeah. He can do anything. Why but, wouldn't you like that? But have we had a villain where a tragic we villain. witness their rise and fall. No, not in Supernatural. And how awesome would it be, emotionally epic, if that's what they plan on doing with Jack? We're witnessing the rise 
of a potential villain. And that's, I think, is going to end up ending very badly for everybody. Right. And I think it makes sense in a lot of ways because what can you really do with this character? He's this powerful. He's this naive. Can you really have him just be this, you know, altruistic peace on earth, goodwill unto men? Or will the nature of man corrupt him in some way to which he feels that he has the answers? Because the angels thought that the apocalypse bringing peace on earth after the fact would be the answers. Yeah. You know, I see. I think you're right. I think we could easily with the Anakin foreshadowing, especially we could have that tragic character. Yeah. Which is something that nobody likes to watch, but you can't stop watching. And I'm I am a fan of that. There is absolutely no reason at all. For them to have Jack watch Clone Wars. And make a note of it in the dialogue. Yeah. There's parallels. And we said this, I believe, the beginning of the season. That there's an Anakin Skywalker inspiration thing going on there. They're pulling, they're drawing some inspirational cues from Anakin Skywalker with his character. Absolutely. And if they do that rise and fall, I mean, it can't, we can't compare it to anything else. Except possibly there's some parallels to sam and his potential rise as the villain but we already knew that he would come back i think i think it was a i think it was unsaid that dean would save sam i think it was something we all expected we didn't know how it would happen but it would happen good would overcome evil sam would would defy his nature would take his his destiny. destiny and step on it and now they can't do the same thing. They, we've already been there, done that. So with Jack, it's going to be potentially similar. But, but I, I think I, the the difference there is that Sam overcame that. Sam was, and that's kind of the story for a long time. Sam was destined to be this terrible figure. And he, through his decisions, stopped that from happening. Yeah. I think Jack is what Sam wants him to be because he knows he did it. And he thinks Jack can as well, which Jack falling will make that all the more painful for Sam. Yeah. Especially because we know, like we can almost guarantee that Dean will grow to like the kid just as he then turns. And even though Dean may know he was right, he won't be happy about that. Right. In the beginning of the season, he'll be calling it as he has been. He'll grow to like the kid and then it's going to bite them in the ass. And I don't want him being overtly evil. It it needs, it, it needs to be mistakes much like Anakin Skywalker, mistakes were I'm made. I'm doing this to save people. Uncontrolled emotion. Trust me. Yes, making decisions that you think are good, but they're For bad. The wrong reason. And not dummy decisions, just, just true mistakes. You're yeah. like, wow, well, I thought I should do this, and it ended up not working how I thought it would Fuck. pan out. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think that's imagine if they do that. Imagine if they take this entire season and build towards that, and then we have one of the greatest villains of all time. Whoever wins, it'll they be lose. a heartbreak. Whoever whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, and I think that's what makes good drama. Yeah, frankly, and as we move further along in this show, I think we need to up the stakes in that way and push the boundaries of where we've gone with the story and what we've told so far. And make us uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we've made ourselves uncomfortable with where Dean's at through his anger and his lashing out at Dean or at Sam and Jack and the world. And I think doing this would be a serious gut wrench 
that I think because we've liked Jack so much so far would would be good. It'd be painful, but it'd be good. So with that, guys, we're going to take a little break to do some more Trivial Pursuit and test my knowledge, which has been apparently embarrassing at this point. So I'm going to have to study myself and my eyesight. We're also going to yeah. test my eyesight here. <laughs> Let's see. Next question here from Trivial Pursuit. Let's give uh, David a second to get the camera back into I'm my to, like binge all the shows all the random trivia like what's every location and have all like right. a map charted out so let's see next trivial pursuit question in what year was dean born oh wait there it is. <laughs> hold on all right next one here david he's getting on top of me oh are we doing that all right in what year was sam born oh come on really what year thomas what year 85. Did you bust a nut with that answer? That was a guess. You're like 85. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> 1983. Damn it. Yeah, he's a youngin'. Shit. He's a youngin'. All right. Let's see. What is the name of Castiel's human uh, human vessel? Jimmy Novak. See, then we're going to have those ones. See, and you're going to have to screen these. I'm going to weed them out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to give out. us ones that aren't complete no, bullshit. No, I'm, I'm going to cheat back here, for sure. Oh, you're going to cheat. Okay. Yeah. I, if I feel like they're... <laughs> yeah, good. Good job. Thanks. No, I'm going to make sure they're not too easy. Not that, too easy, that, but yeah. not like really difficult for odd reasons. Yeah. All right. Next, All right. What else we got? Next question. The final showdown between Lucifer and Michael took place in which Kansas location? Oh, F. You suck. Lawrence? I'm just going to guess. <laughs> Honestly, it's the only Kansas City I know. Um, Is this a place a real place? Stoll Cemetery? I didn't even know that. I remember the cemetery. I didn't remember the name of it. You know what? Maddie's from Kansas. I'm sure she will know in a second here. She'll tell us if she uh, knew. Yep. Stoll. Did she yep. really write it? Well, Maddie wrote Lawrence, and then other oh, people okay. wrote Stoll Cemetery. Oh, and were- then Maddie screamed all caps Lawrence. <laughs> so I was right about that. I just didn't know the cemetery. Okay. Because it's the location, not town. It's I south guess. of Lawrence. Thank you, Maddie. We- <laughs> Jesus. I love it. All oh. right. Next one is there are only three demons immune to the demon killing knife. Who are they? Wait a second. There are. Well, that. I think, uh, I think they're. Oh, it's not as obvious as you Alistair. think. Alistair. Okay. You got that one right. There's two more. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. She oh. has red hair and she's hot. A and, demon with red hair? And she's my girlfriend. We went out for a Abaddon. few months. Yes. We went out see. for a few months. For a few months, we went out. Oh, God. Um, okay, next Kane? one. And you're right, Kane. See, see, yeah. see, that's a good question. Yeah, that's see, a good one. That one isn't way out there and it's not too difficult right right i mean you could also argue maybe would azazel and the princes of hell be immune to that yeah well are they though i don't know yeah the only prince we saw were killed with a cult or of nephilim so yeah all right so question number five sam and dean first encounter the ghost facers when they track down this being created by pure thought. Oh, I like this one. I don't I, remember I the name one. of it, but it was the ghost based on the sigil in the haunted house. A chalupa. A chalupa. No, it's a chalupa. There's <laughs> <laughs> a Mexican nightmare I had after some Hola, bad burritos. He's a chalupa ghost. Mira. <laughs> ¿Qué pasó? 
I remember that. Gorthayama Monster! The Ghost House episode, where it was all the manifestations of people's belief in it. I remember that one. Yeah, a Tolupa. Once created a Tolupa. Is that really the name? Am yeah. I pronouncing this right? A Tolupa? A Tolpa, I think. A Tolpa. There we go. A Tolupa. <laughs> Dude, I can't see! <laughs> I'm like literally like David's on oh. top. I have David on my on my left nut over here. <laughs> You're blind in both eyes. A tulpa. Oh, tulpa. Yeah, t- now I see it. Tulpa, uh, tulpa gordita. A tulupa. As Maddie says. Tulpa. Oh, God. All right. Next question is. Oh, wait. I was about to give you the answer. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> David's over here chuckling. All right. Next question. What does Sam use to behead? Gordon Walker. Oh crap! Oh, I, I barbed knew. wire. Close, or it was some kind of wire. Close, like a garrot wire. I David, thought. should we give him this one? Uh, should we give it to him? It's pretty yeah, much. I remember he pulled the line through his neck. It's razor that. wire. Razor, which wire. isn't razor wire technically a I form of barbed, barbed wire. wire. It's a different choice. Yeah, in perimeter defense. Different choice. It is barbed uh, or razor wire, but they're pretty yeah. much the same thing. It's like, hey, do I want chocolate milk or regular milk? Yeah, I remember that. that do I want cool. big boobs or small boobs? Do I want a big penis or a little penis? Same thing. Same thing as razor wire, right? Jeez. Oh, I didn't realize I was still on camera. <laughs> You're an animal. Yeah. All right. So, you know what? Let's get back into this. So, the big thing. From a lore standpoint, that was my favorite part of the episode, despite being the shorter part, was Castiel, the cosmic entity, and the empty. And I didn't think we would get all the answers. I mean, we didn't get a shit ton of answers. We got a lot of questions as well. But I didn't think we'd get as many answers as we did by the fourth episode in this. It was very early. But yet, at the same time, they kept enough in the shadows, no pun intended. No. As to what exactly is the nature of the empty, what is the nature of this cosmic entity, but holy shit, what a fucking entrance. My jaw dropped as that liquid, <laughs> as, uh, as that that liquid shape shot to the back of your mouth. Right. Well, that was a different night. Mm-hmm. Your mouth dropped as? As the liquid shot to the back of my mouth. There you go. You can use that as a drop. As the liquid monster came out of the ground. Yep. Like, that was fucking creepy. Is that dude. what the kids are calling it nowadays? Yes, that's what their <laughs> kids are calling it. Liquid mouth. A monster coming from below the ground. <laughs> shooting. From below the to belt. To the back of Shooting your to your mouth. Yeah. Good lord. It's all right, Thomas. Well, I gave you shit, so I guess you need to do that for me when Ryan's not here. Yeah. But, did you, but was that not a fucking cool effect? A great intro for some unknowable entity. Yes, and this is something we've been wanting since, for a long time. Since the announcement of the darkness. Yes. We said, please don't have a meat suit. Let's not, there's not everything has to be a vessel. Wouldn't it be cool if it's just some primordial like ooze or smoke? A shadow, a shape, something and like that. Sure enough, they did the right thing here. And only for reasons of tangibility and giving the audience something to see and for Castiel to communicate with, they used him. Which I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as well because they didn't introduce him as that. They introduced him as a primordial type oil or ooze that then took a form. Yeah. And I loved how he explained that why he did that because otherwise you'd 
claw your own eyes out and go mad. Yeah. And I mean, for an angel to go insane, imagine the shit they've seen. That has to be pretty, pretty dark. And I love the cosmic horror element to this concept with the cosmic entity. You know, this is this is to me what the Leviathans were always kind of meant to be. Yeah. Or what the Lovecraft inspired elements of season six and seven were supposed to to be this unknowable evil this this thing that just by viewing it could make you go insane that's lovecraft 101 you know the void the empty the nether realm whatever you want to call this place is all from that yeah i have some audio really fast so we can get the definition straight from castiel's mouth and his back of his throat yeah what are you oh i'm just your friendly neighborhood cosmic entity why do you look like me Oh, yes. 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 Well, I show up in my real form, and you freak out, rip out your own eyes, etc. That would be embarrassing, wouldn't it, for both of us? What is this place? Oh, yes. Excellent question. You see, before God and Amara, creation, destruction, heaven, hell, your precious little earth, what was there? Nothing. Yes, that's right. Nothing. Nothing but empty. And you are soaking in it. Angels and demons, you all come here when you die. Every angel that ever died is here. (laughs) Yes. Sleeping an endless, peaceful sleep. You know, I... I was sleeping too. Hey, uh, since we're pals... There's something I've got to know. I've just got to ask. Hmm. Why are you awake? Because, fun fact, uh, in all of forever, nothing ever wakes up here. I mean, ever, ever. And second fun fact, when you woke up, I woke up, and I don't like being awake. So, what's up, smart guy? I don't know. It's so good. And Misha's performance is fantastic. I don't know. I don't know what it is with people, man, that there are some people posting and usually I don't like talking about the negativity on social media, but there are people like bashing Misha's performance and that the producers probably wish they never had him do it. And I'm like, I disagree. I, 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 there's not even a little bit of me that can understand where they're coming from. That is fantastic. This is why you hire actors like this, especially when you have an actor like Misha Collins that for the most part has to play his character very straight. He's very straight edge. There isn't a lot of There's room static. For, yeah. There isn't a lot of room for, for Emotion, moving. Around. Really. Yeah. So when he has a chance to flex his acting muscles, let the dude do it. And this is what you get. This type of scene is good, but you know what? People say similar things about Daniel day Lewis. People say similar things about the late great Marlon Brando. People say things about Johnny Depp. They kind of criticize their acting as character actors and they kind of chalk it off as just being idiots and, and not knowing how to act. And I completely disagree. I love actors that can slip into something entirely different and to see Misha be able to do that in an episode of Supernatural where he's playing opposite of himself is fucking great. And that's the thing is that Misha Collins, I, I don't truly understand why he gets so much crap for some of his acting because you're right. He is a good character actor. 
his real voice is completely different than Castiel's, is completely different than the interpretation of the cosmic entity, is very different from when he mimicked Mark Pellegrino's performance as Lucifer to the point where I felt like that really was Lucifer controlling Castiel's vessel right. at that time. For him to go between different voices and to have the different persona and the mannerisms and the accents, even even if you don't like the accent, because I know that got a lot of flack for that. I mean, we discussed it before the show started, that posh transatlantic 30s accent in some way mm -hmm. that comes across as smug and arrogant, which I thought worked without him doing a British accent because, I mean, all the villains are British, aren't they? Yeah. I'm we, okay we with just that. did a whole fucking season of that. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I think it works. There, I thought it was fine. I thought we really got to see a different character on screen. And like you said, to play opposite of yourself, where I'm not feeling like there's a bad actor. I'm feeling that there's two separate entities that are having a conversation right now. Yeah. That worked. Yeah. And if you want to just look at choices, you mentioned the transatlantic accent. And Sometimes, yes, you might question, why would an entity talk this way? And why would an entity present himself to look like Jimmy Novak? Yeah. Okay, he explained it. You would rip your eyes out. So if he, as a primordial entity that understands everything that's in the mind of Misha, and he has to find a way to make himself clear and to present himself in a way that Misha Collins is character castiel can understand it would make some sense for them to pr to pull from something like the transatlantic accent british would be a go-to but it's mm -hmm. also something that everybody utilizes so yeah. to use that transatlantic accent i feel personally it kind of drives home the point of what they're trying to say about the cosmic entity and i feel like it fits the personality that entity's personality is Short-tempered, smug, you know. Which the very... Which the, the transatlantic the, accent is. Smug. is. Very it's, smug. This is an accent, a fabricated, man-made accent designed to make you sound more intelligent, more newsworthy. And it was used the by the elitists. Yes. So for the cosmic entity to use that makes a lot of sense on multiple levels. Go back and watch movies from the 40s, 30s, even the 50s. You will find that. And if, like you said, it fits the upper class accent of the time. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a fine choice. It didn't feel like it took away from that for me. But getting to what it said, we find out that this is the empty is where all angels and demons go after they die, which is huge because that means that's where Gabriel is. That's where oh, Uriel oh, is. Oh, Cain. That's where Cain is. Maybe. That's where oh, Abaddon, Abaddon is, there. is in there. Abaddon is there. All of them. I would make that deal. <laughs> Bring back Abaddon, please. Crowley himself is now in there. Yeah. Asleep. Let's get Abaddon. And, uh, Jesus. And we find out that they are all in a endless slumber, a, a peaceful rest, and they don't wake up ever. And nothing ever leaves. And we also find out that the cosmic entity, that's all we have to go off of it, is the ruler here. The more powerful thing in all of existence at this point, which we've said that before. <laughs> but at this point, this thing outranks God and Amara existed before God and Amara existed before time. 
Yeah, and I, you know what? But existed what, before everything. But this is where the the potential issues with canon ends up becoming a thing, um, because if God has zero pull, correct? Mm, I don't know if he has zero pull. Well, he said God has no say in here, correct? Doesn't uh, he allude to the fact that God has no? Um, that's up to him. It's him and him alone. That. Well, he claims that, but God himself said that he could recreate Gabriel. Right. He just needed time. So this is where those issues come into play. Because if we're led to believe that Castiel has gone to the empty, how many times? This is his fifth time in the empty. How did God pull him every single time from this cosmic no man's land where the cosmic entity has stated that he is the one who decides who comes and goes. Because he was, I, I could argue, I would argue that the entity was asleep. <laughs> honestly. Dude, if they say that, that's the worst. But uh, honestly, think about can this. Can you imagine the writing room? All right, guys, so how are we going to get past this one? What if he's taking a nap Good and one. he just like walks out the door? I like it, Meredith. I like it. You snooze, you lose, right? Exactly. All right, let's print it up. That's a wrap, everybody. Head home. Who wants some pizza? No like, per diem. No <laughs> per diem. No, I, it sounds silly, but bear with me for just a second. The entity says <laughs> that it was asleep this whole time and that everyone goes there asleep and nobody has ever woken up. And yet we know that God has brought Castiel back and that God could bring Gabriel back. However, it would take time. And he even said in season 11, archangels are made of primordial stuff. Yeah. So he has a means to do it. I think it just takes time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the cosmic cosmic entity is a snap of the fingers kind of right. thing. Right. I'm not saying it's not fixable. It's not uh, so, I don't, possible. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's something that ruins anything that's been done already right i'm just saying there's some red flags and now we have some questions it and could these, be abused yes not necessarily abused i feel like there's questions they need to somehow someday state how god brings back castiel now that we're dealing with a cosmic entity where billy the reaper claims nothing can be pulled from i'm gonna put sam and dean and the empty when you die so there is never coming back meaning god cannot interfere well does she know that or is she talking out her ass of course she knows that god's, god's on their side for a long she time she knows you're telling me she doesn't know god was on their side wasn't she around she was around when they the were very planning the soul season. yes when they were planning but the when soul she bomb threatened them with the empty that was the very first episode of season 11 so know. there's there's nothing there's questions. concrete. There's questions. There are questions. And I think perhaps we could get some answers this very next episode since Billy's returning. No, I'm not even saying we need questions. I don't or, or I'm not answers. saying we need answers. I'm just saying now there's some questions and how they handle them is gonna be important. I'm not saying we need to know tomorrow or next week or in two weeks or even at the end by the end of this year, but it's now something that must be tackled once God comes back next season or whenever they end up wrapping this thing because it is something that is definitely a glaring question right it's like well what does all of this mean then i mean it yeah that's the thing is that that's the problem when you open these doors and as that you know phrase you stare into the abyss mm -hmm. or the empty or the empty Ping. because what is this thing all powerful through all realities or is this only for 
our dimension. Does Oz have an empty? I'm assuming this is everything. I mean, it feels like it'd be everything, but we also just ripped a hole through space and time to another dimension. Oh, that's just that's just too much. So does the empty, so there's another empty? Does another, the cosmic no, entity control that? No, it's all one. Is that's it? All, yeah, it's all one. There's no two gods. That that would be just too much. It's too much. We don't know though. But but here's the thing: my we, brain can't take it. We've said this before. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, we've said this how many times now? Three. Yeah. So who knows? I'm I'm interested to see. We what know God they do created lots of worlds. Chuck said it, and Amara went true. and destroyed them. And the alternate re- the alternate reality could be one of those worlds. One of those worlds that the darkness interfered and just completely destroyed. The shit on. Yeah. <laughs> and God bailed. <laughs> yeah. Now this planet sucks. <laughs> fuck this place. I'm gonna make a hole and everything's washed out colors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm colorblind. Fuck. Oh, man. The question I think that some people have, though, is Castiel was returned by the empty, presumably. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? There's something more to it. There's a lot of people that have a lot of questions about that because when he shows up, he's wearing his original trench coat again. Yeah. And there are some people that believe or theorize. You're one of them. No, I'm not. Hold on. I'm getting there. There Simmer down. There are some people (laughs) that believe that this is a Castiel who was the first one that died. Or reborn from before the events of the recent seasons. Like this is the season four Castiel that came back. That either he won't have those memories or he'll be reborn in some way. I mean, I'd like to see him with wings again. I I'm think not, that'd be fucking cool. I'm but, not saying they're wrong, Thomas. I'm right. saying that if the writers really do that and it's we bad and, idea. and we get a Castiel from season four that doesn't remember the last five years. Oh, give me a fucking break! Well, that that would be meaningless for him to even argue to come back. Yeah. If he doesn't remember shit. There's definitely something there. I'll give everybody out there that. All the fan theories out there, there's definitely something we didn't see. It's not going to be as easy as, all right, Castiel, you're back now. Right. There's a bigger story there, for sure. Well, I think, honestly, we see the empty shows cast. It It got a little meadow. It showed Castiel all his previous failures. When he lost his grace. All the times he died. When he died as a Leviathan. You know. Leviathan. <laughs> That's how you have to say it when Castiel dies. I feel that the at that point the empty said, wouldn't you rather be a fond memory than a constant disappointment? And I know some people got meta with that because I saw it online. Where it's like, Castiel used to be this really cool thing and now I'm I don't sure, like him anymore. I'm sure that's what it, they... I'm sure that's what I mean, it was meant to There's nothing meta about it. It's like, but, that's exactly what was meant castiel has messed up time and time again yeah and we see that at the but for me castiel coming back with his old trench coat trench coat is a trench cock trench cock hey a back of my old trench cock hey see (laughs) it's gay sir (laughs) i got a mid-atlantic accent over here yeah hey ryan's not here so i gotta do it i know you gotta do it i felt like that was a simple jack castiel has been reborn (laughs) finally freed of those sins because he last has that coat in season seven when he fucks up in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And and season six is when they lost that coat chronologically. And that's when he started to make mistakes. I think since then he's been kind of fucking up and trying to redeem himself in some way. I feel like having died for the causes that he did and wanting to come back for the reason he did. It was a bit of a rebirth for him. Yeah. Not in that he's the old memory lock lacking version from season four, but that he does not carry the guilt or the burden of those previous mistakes anymore. 
and he is reborn. Mm-hmm. To me, it allows for a, a whole new level of what he can do without that guilt and shame. I mean, since season eight's finale with the loss of his grace and the civil war between the angels in, in season six and nine, he's constantly trying to fix things. All of heaven has hated him because he carried this guilt because he did these terrible things. And with his death, even in the beginning of this season, the angels hated him still. This is kind of him finally being free of that. I think giving a new chance, a second lease on life to do quote, the right thing for sure. And I'm excited to see what they do with him now moving forward now that he's back on earth. But personally, I think that there was a missed opportunity. I think Castiel should have came back naked like the Terminator. (laughs) I think that's just, Just, they really, really dropped the ball there. Bare chest glistening. Yeah. He should have been, he should have been kneeling down, but instead of the camera always missing the ball and penis shot, they should have made sure they got it. Just glory hole right there and then pan up. He's on back. Look at my dick. (laughs) A little cast is back too. What's up? Look out. (laughs) I got angel wings on my dick. He's got a handprint that matches Dean's on his shoulder. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) they got his and her tattoos. Exactly. We find out for the first time. Scarification. His says Dean on his penis. Oh, we're going to find out. Yeah. Dean says Castiel. (laughs) His and her or her and hers. Whatever. Whatever you want to say. Puts his headphones on. It's that mixtape. Here we go. Writing uh, (laughs) fan fiction again. Yep. Ryan missed out. He did. He shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been gone for this one. Yeah. No. So ultimately, I feel like the way they handled the Castiel situation, I felt like it was handled good. Um, I would have mind seeing a little bit more time in the empty. Yeah, I, mean, I would have loved a little bit more information. on it, that. It would have been really cool. And I'm not a fan of those episodes like The Walking Dead does where they take time away from your main stars for like two or three episodes. Yeah, but I wouldn't have minded an episode similar to the one in season six. The man who would become king. Is that the yeah. episode? Yep. Where they did something similar to that, where the empty, and I'm not talking about a retrospective or an introspective episode, but it would be nice for him to struggle with something a bit. There's yeah. some something he learns from the cosmic entity, something that stays with him as he's taken or as he goes back to Earth. And that's something that we always that always happens in Supernatural. We never stay very long in purgatory we never stay long in hell every time sam and dean has gone we're one episode and done and i feel like it like there's room to stay there first off let's not talk about budget here for a second i mean there's blackness there's nothing there yeah i mean you could have found a way i feel to really make it in a a castiel centric episode to where there's a lot of meaning behind it like let's play with some you know metaphors here yeah let's have some fun with it Let's get in. Let's get deep with this shit. Yeah, that was ah. the only thing I would have liked to see. A little more time. Yeah, there. I would, especially because that introduced a whole new character, a whole new level of lore, a whole new everything, and answered some questions and raised more. It would have been nice to get a little bit more time there. There's nothing that says we're done with that entirely. Yeah, with Billy returning, right? But I don't see us coming back anytime soon. Yeah. So with that, I think it's time to go into final thoughts. Mike, what do you give this episode? What did you rate, rate it overall? Oh, I'm first. I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, I would. I'm going to get this episode an A. All right. I mean, solid installment of Supernatural. Meredith Glenn's very best work. 
she showed us exactly what she's capable of doing. And she delivered a very emotional episode. I was tired. I was emotionally spent at the end of the episode. (laughs) I'm not joking. I passed out. I was also drunk. But was was that from something else? (laughs) But my point is, Thomas, is that these are the types of episodes that are shining examples of why we love Supernatural. There doesn't need to be grand epic explosions and car chases and monster slaying. There just needs to be the realness, the emotions that matter and the reason why we watch for the past 13 years. And I always say that because that's exactly the reason why we do stay through thick and through thin, even through bad seasons, because there's one constant and it's the the emotional intimacy that the audience shares with Castiel and Dean. And this season has turned it up to 11. Yeah. Or so, 13. Yeah. I, for sure. <laughs> that was terrible. I like that one. That was bad. But I expect Ryan to say stuff I like know, that. but he's not here, so I have to <laughs> fill that void with stupidity. So, um, <laughs> A episode. A episode. All right. Uh, I, I enjoyed this episode immensely. I thought Meredith Glynn did a great job tying in the plot of the characters at the time, the episode with the emotional impact of the events. I love seeing Supernatural take so long to let us feel these emotions, to let us grieve with the characters, to make it feel real rather than just by the next episode, everyone's hunky-dory and we move on to the next issue of the week. So to see her really push that to the forefront was great. I liked it a lot. The empty and the void was epic i loved the visualization of that creature i didn't mind the accent and i loved castiel's portrayal i i love misha collins ability to be so many different people all in one it's fun to watch him get to act to get to be a character actor i will say that i felt like the episodes didn't flow as well in some ways the the empty scenes seemed just there they were kind of cut and paste together yeah, it, it was a wonky. It was a little wonky yeah. in some areas. It didn't naturally lead into the discussion from one and back and forth like other episodes have done right. in season 12 and and even beyond that. But it was still it was still a great effort by her, great acting, great emotional moments and like you said it's everything we like about Supernatural especially after 13 years. Yeah, and I would agree with that assessment. I forgot to say that in my final thoughts. The story was good, but the writing, the script itself it, there was some issues in terms of pacing and where they cut to suddenly. And that could have been the editing itself. And maybe it wasn't the actual script. Right. Who knows? But overall, I give this episode an A. I thought it was great. I oh. thought it was a great fourth episode. It's been a great season so far. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas gives Meredith Glynn's an A on this episode. Fantastic job. And yeah. I, I look forward to seeing her use her talents as far as the emotional connections moving forward with this season especially yep so with that guys we're going to take a quick break then we're going to get into our thoughts about the upcoming episode and also listeners and listener thoughts and maybe a little bit more trivial pursuit if we have time before we close out yeah in just a minute 
Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Geek Out Saturday. I've never been a fan of Superman because I was never a fan of that overpowered character. Oh, well, I'll shoot you then. Nope, I'm bulletproof. Well, then I'll cut you. Can't. You don't need an entire three-episode arc to give characters closure. There's little things that they're doing to give us that finale-ishness. That we, that's not even a word, but I just made it. That's so cool, like, just to get that insight. And I think that's what makes this movie special for me. Right. Is that we have... The Batman I grew up with, the Joker I grew up with. We shot him when we go to cons because yeah. he will chase after actors. Like, no, not if you're representing the show. If I'm you're like, representing uh... the show, do not chase after these people, please. Exactly. Catch up on your favorite Rayman Digital Geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rayman Channel 001. Listen from the Rayman Digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. All right, so Supernatural Trivial Pursuit. Supernatural fans test their knowledge of the TV series with Trivial Pursuit Supernatural. This quick play Trivial Pursuit game can be played on the go with its portable wedge holder. The 600 questions range in difficulty level, so even super fans will be challenged. Six trivia categories include the Winchester Brothers, Angels and Demons, Locations, Spells, Objects, and Rituals. Join the hunt. Available at Hot Topics. Head over to USAopoly.com. That's USAopoly.com. I'm excited for this game, Thomas. Dude, I'm looking forward to it. I need to brush up, though, because I don't know dates of people's birthdays. How are you going to brush up? Read like Super I'm going to watch everything. <laughs> Just again. You're listening to Supernatural The Crossroads, Crossroads 003, on Rain Man Digital. Come with me into the trees. We lay on the grass and let ours pass. Take my hand, come back to the land. 
Let's get away Just for one day Let me see who's tripped Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural at the Crossroads. Now we're going to be discussing what you guys thought of the episode, starting off with Chris Griffin. Best episodes this season so far. The dialogue felt realistic, not mm-hmm. dumbed down or too on the nose. It cleverly used the guise of faux counseling to exact real counseling. Baggage got aired. I like Jack it. was not just his own character, but employed to tell us things about Sam and Dean as well. Mia the shifter was fantastic, and while I wasn't crazy about Misha's hammy acting as the oh. Bizarro cast, I couldn't stop watching. Wait, who, who said this? <laughs> Chris Griffin. No, R- I'm going. I'm going after him. Is uh, it her or him? I believe it's a her. I'm going after her. Uh, it gave us a nice touch of gore, dark humor. Dean's surliness was kind of hilarious, and Sam finally eventing about Mary, priceless, well played show. <laughs> so I like that. a lot uh, kind of a lot of what we've seen people like the episode but some people are not fans of Misha Collins which I mean we've said at length I think is just r- disagree I just I disagree that's all so, I can say about Jesus that. Christ <laughs> Jennifer Renee says okay not that I got that caddy or now that I got that caddy part of my system wait what caddy part I don't know it's the first sentence oh <laughs> This episode kicked me in the stomach. So many heavy emotions being portrayed so well, and not just through the acting, but with the writing as well. I have to give it to the writers. This is the best they've been in years. And I can't say enough that for the actual monsters we are getting this season. I yeah. can't remember the last time Supernatural made me turn away from the screen in horror, but when that shifter, as Dean, started tearing his face off, holy hell, that was intense and disgusting. Yeah. LOL. I know this. Uh, it's still really early, early in the season, but I'm so hopeful for the rest of this year. Which I think that uh, Jennifer knows what's up. People are liking this season, dude. Yeah, and it's a really refreshing to hear this kind of comments come after season twelve's kind of rocky road, rocky road, rocky road ice cream. Yeah, it, it's nice to hear this that there is this much positivity moving forward for a thirteenth year. That's that's unheard of. I agree. Kathy Waters says, I just wanted to know how the stars and universe align to create the epicness that is supernatural. Well, because said. how can it wow me with smiles and tears within the same 42 minutes after 13 seasons yep. is just I don't know. I can't come up with any new adjectives for this show. I love hearing Sam's heart uh, in therapy. What a genius way to do that. Falling head over heels for Jack, but so afraid he's destined for some true tragedy that will mean a lot of tears. Sam and Dean's chat at the end broke my heart. The writers are knocking it out of the park. Lucky number 13. And I think she's right. I think she's on to the fact that we are going to see, I think, a tragic Jack. And I, I, it'll hurt, but I love your idea. Can we I, open up that Twitter account ASAP? Tragic Jack. Tragic Jack. I, I agree with you. And I'd love to see the origin of a villain for the right, oh. the wrong, the right reasons doing the wrong thing. It needs to be done ASAP. It'd be fucking phenomenal yeah. if done right. And they're on a great course so far. Yep. So with that, let's get into a little bit of the upcoming episode. Season 13, episode five. I don't have the title right away because the link is being an asshole. Advanced Thetanology. Did you just pronounce a word correctly? I think so. Because it's not a name. Holy fuck. It's because it's not a name. You were able to. I can do words. I can't do names. You are a pro. (laughs) Billy returns, but not like before. While working on a case involving the ghost of a demented doctor, Sam and Dean get the assistance from an unexpected source. Billy. 
Castiel finds his way back to the Winchesters. John Showalter directed, and it's written by Steve Yaki. Oh, I like both. Now, we talked a little bit about Billy coming back. We have no idea what capacity or why, and I think that's going to be the big element of this upcoming episode. But honestly, I'm really excited to see a Demented Doctor. I did see the trailer. There were drills and and horrible torture elements involved. Wait a second. I watched the trailer. You actually watched a trailer. I did. Wow. What what, uh, inspired you to do that? It was 4 a.m., and I wasn't making rational decisions. Okay. (laughs) I am excited to see a little bit of that, like, gory monster of the week, the horror element. We saw a little bit of that with the shifter in this episode. So I'm hoping to see a little bit of that with a ghost in the upcoming episode. But more importantly, I think we're all kind of excited to see the return of Billy the Reaper and what that means, not just for Sam and Dean as characters, but the universe. Are there cosmic consequences that we don't even understand yet because she's come back for some reason? Yep. Does she get a second lease on life just because you you fucked up the first time? Wow. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. Mike, do you have any final thoughts on that one? I'm looking right. forward to seeing what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting messages from Bobby right now oh telling me God. that there's issues. So I just love that Ryan-esque, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, you want to close out with some Trivial Pursuit and then <laughs> well, we'll call it a night? Well, the, hold on. Hold on here. Oh, um, I was giving you an out. I am excited for Lisa Barry to come back. I'm not a fan of people coming back from the dead. Right. Even though it happens all the time in the show. So right, if, quite literally. As long as they find something viable. As long as it's done well. I'm okay with it. So That's always I'm the stipulation. anxious to see how and why she's being brought back. And in what capacity and yeah. what it, and what it means. Yeah. And I'm so. also interested to see where Castiel's at. I know some people are thinking he's going to be this alternate version of himself, but I really don't think that's the case. I'm just looking forward to seeing him and seeing the the, the Dean Sam reaction yeah. to that. Yeah. And then finding out that it was, if any way, Jack who did it or at least woke him up. That is going to be huge for Dean's and Jack's relationship. Yeah, I agree. So. All right, we got a little bit of Trivial Pursuit. Oh, we'll, we do. Hold then on. we'll wrap it up here for Crossroads. Third time's the charm. Let's see how many I can get Let's right this see, time. Let's see, Thomas. Let's give a second for David to get his camera ready. Let's all, let's all shame David. <laughs> I'm putting the camera on him. Oh, he walked out of frame. He, he right. knew. Oh, look, at he finally. We're like at the end, and he finally decided to get his tripod. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, David. <laughs> all right, so... Let's see here. A question number one. In what year was Dean born? God damn you. <laughs> it's the same card. <laughs> Pick another. There's 60 cards there at least. I keep going to those ones for some reason. Fucking hell. All right. N- question number one, Thomas. Who is Dean name? Who is Dean name? <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a brain fart. Hold on. Uh, who is Dean named after? Who is who is Dean named after? And please form it in the in the in the phrase of who who is who is Mary Winchester's mother, Deanna, his maternal grandmother. Look at you. Yeah. Wow. Damn son, you know stuff. All right. See, and that would be one of those good questions. Yeah. All right, next one, if I could see. Um, there we go. Before becoming king of hell, what was Crowley's King title? of the Crossroads. Nope. What? 
Crossroads Demon, not King of the Crossroads. That would be oh would, that's no splitting hairs. No. He was always the okay. King of the Crossroads. King of the Crossroads or a Crossroads Demon. That's very different. Hey, by the way, what do you do for work? But he was always I'm a janitor or I'm a king. Very king different. of the janitors. Very different. He was always so toted Tom, as Thomas. I'm telling you right now. Always and toted I'm telling as the, king. the rest of the listeners out there. This is a bullshit answer. <laughs> you don't. You will not win anything. Okay. <laughs> That's crap, but fine. But this is where you would call a lifeline and say, hey, I need a lifeline because I'm not 100% sure. And if you choose to take a lifeline, you become a jerk. That's how the jerk bitch game works. You're <laughs> okay. a jerk for needing so we're help. twisting Trivial Pursuit just a little bit. Right. And then okay. if you still don't know the answer because your lifeline didn't know as well, we call a second lifeline and, be, and you become a bitch. Oh, damn. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're keeping it supernatural. Yeah. So, Thomas, if your help, Team Blue Fire Thomas, did not come through and fix that answer for you, you would have lost. I would have. All because of a technicality. Well, that not that question, though. Not like the game. You would have lost that question. Yeah. All, all right. right. That's, that's some crap, but all right. There's got to be rules here, Thomas. We can't have anarchy. <laughs> we're going right. to find the rules out as we're going, aren't we? No. Yeah, you. Yeah, we fucking are. <laughs> that was the most unconvincing no you've ever done. All right, next question here. In which state is the mystery spot located? Oh, oh. I bet you, Maddie knows. I guarantee Maddie knows. In what state? VW knows as well because they've been doing all the answers. Is the mystery spot located? And no, it's not. Not Kansas. It's not high and up to the front either. Uh, you know what I mean? That is also a mystery spot. Do you give up, Thomas? I don't. I don't. I'm Colorado. Fuck it. That's just a random. Colorado? Dark. I don't know. I honestly don't know where the mystery All right, spot is. Team Blue Fire Thomas. What is the people answer? out there that want to help Thomas? Do you really want to I've, be on a I've losing got team? Florida and California, but I'm going to, I think Florida has, yeah, Florida has more. Wait answers. a second. Oh, you're, you're going based on the chat room. Well, you now are, I am. You, I already put my bad answer you in. You are such a fucking cheat. I'm using them as my lifeline right now <laughs> after I failed. So you're a jerk bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's Florida. Who, who had Florida in the chat room? Uh, Jen, Maddie, Quick Reaver, all had Florida. Okay, so I'm just the idiot. So there. you you, bet, you better Dude, hope that those, those three people you listed better be Blue Fire Thomas. Geography Fire is going to be the death of me on this show. I never pay it that much attention to exactly where they were. All right, next one is who's who becomes paralyzed after stabbing himself Bobby. with the demon killing knife. Bobby. That's correct. Yeah. No, it's actually wrong. It's Bobby Singer. I fucking hate you so much. You have to do the right answer. Do I you want, want full I want, on yes. Bobby, I will whatever his middle name deduct, is, Singer? I will duck, deduct percentages of points. Oh, fucking percentage. <laughs> the chat, Maddie said Bobby, so ha. I'm, Maddie would be wrong. <laughs> oh, you're such a bitch. <laughs> All right, next uh, one is uh, on what website Oh God. do Sam and Dean first read oh. about the Mordecai Murdoch what? <laughs> Chalupa? Chalupa. <laughs> Chalupa again. What does that say? Tulip? 
Uh, Tulpa? Tulpa. Has Jesus to be the Ghost Facers, then. I can't see over here, Thomas. They're <laughs> going blind. Eat some fucking carrots, man. <laughs> and get a fucking eye. Dude, these glasses suck. I can't read anything. anything. It's your eyes that suck. It's your eyes. Get down. It's your eyes. <laughs> Brian's not here. I had to do something. What creatures turn... Oh, wait. On what website do Sam and Dean Ghost Facers? first read about the Mordecai Murdoch Tulpa? Ghostfacers.com. These are small. They need to make a like a like an old a man big, edition. A big braille print or large print edition. Yeah. I need that. All right. So what's your answer? I said ghostfacers.com. I said that like three times. Hellhoundslair.com. Oh fuck. See, this would be one of those good questions. That too. would be good. That's a good one. Damn it. All right. Next last question here. All right. What creatures turned Gordon Walker's sister, eventually forcing him to kill her? Is a vampire. I thought. Is that your final answer? That Thomas? is my final answer. Just vampire or is a vampire? Vampires. Very good. They're <laughs> fucking I hate you so much. <laughs> Hey, that's how we play uh-huh. games in my in my world, Thomas. Yeah, that's how you'd guarantee no one in your family wins except you. <laughs> hey, what happened to your, your camera? Your camera disappeared. Oh, uh, it fell. It did? That, yeah. It yeah, but David's been running that one, so. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> I guess people can't say farewell to you on live stream. No. We're not going to be doing live stream all the time. We're only doing it for this week because. Um, we're trying new things out. We're trying new things out. And plus. Yeah, that's it. We're Pretty trying new that. things out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a trial run because we may do it eventually for uh, for Patreon. So we're not sure. Right. All right. So with that, guys, we want to thank you all for listening to Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you for being in the chat. And hopefully we can hear some of your guys during the November 20th Bitch Jerk Supernatural The Crossroads Trivial Pursuit game. You said it backwards, Thomas. It's, I know. It's, jerk it's late. Jerk Bitch. Sam and Dean. Sam Winchester Dean. Jerk Bitch God game. God damn it. The, the fucking convoluted title that Mike comes up with for the convoluted answers that have to be exactly right. The game. <laughs> so thank you all for listening and we will see you Games. all We're gonna next be more fucking than one. week. You little maggot. <laughs> you are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. Usopoly is the company behind your favorite top quality custom board games made with brands you love. They're your source for authentic hot pop culture board games and puzzles. They also create award-winning tabletop experiences that will keep your game nights fully entertained with laughter and shareable memories. Head over to usopoly.com for more details. That's USA. O-P-O-L-Y dot com. That's U-S-A-O-P-O-L-Y dot com.